Hi everyone, Demetrius McRae here, your online campus pastor here at Calvary Christian Center. Welcome to our podcast. As we are in our season of healing, just so you know, we are worshiping on campus and making sure that our worship experiences are safe and sanitary. May today's message bring healing, hope, and ultimately transformation. Hope you enjoy the message. In everything that's changing, he doesn't. Somebody should give God some praise that he doesn't change. Well, are you ready for the word of God? If you're able, would you just jump up on your feet if you can? I want to take a second and welcome uh, our campuses that are watching us live today. Welcome New Smyrna Beach. Come on. Hey, Calvary Orman, can we let New Smyrna Beach know how much we love them? We love you, New Smyrna Beach. Calvary Panama City, we love you too. Thank you for tuning in. You know, we have seven, eight worship experiences that happen on a Sunday, aside from the two uh, that you see here online everywhere. We're also welcoming our online guests as well. But I got to, I got to just uh, divulge myself and let you know, I feel like preaching. Can I preach it like I feel it today? I feel like God has sent me with a word that is both prophetic and problematic. Prophetic to God's people, problematic for the devil. Oh, come on, somebody. I said it's going to be prophetic to you, but it's going to be problematic for the enemy. And I believe that this is the message that the enemy doesn't want you to hear. Uh, he's going to do everything in his power to make you not apply this message. But I believe that I got some people in this room that are going to take God's word, apply it, and we're going to win in the kingdom of God. Somebody shout amen. Uh, our pastor is enjoying a couple days off with his family. And we thank God for Pastor Rayleigh, Pastor Dawn, uh, their family. But I feel like preaching. If you have your Bibles, open up uh, to the book of Numbers, the book of Numbers, uh, chapter 21. Book of Numbers, and then we're going to flip over into the book of John, and God's going to talk to us this morning. Uh, I need you to get your expectation up, your faith up, your response up. Uh, we are a church that likes the word amen, not because it's churchy, but we understand whatever we converse about, we create a seat for. Talk to me in this room. I said, whatever you converse about, you create a seat for. And despite having all the wrong conversations that allowed all the wrong things to sit down, God will let you come into a service and say amen to the right thing so that the right things can come sit down and take the seat away from what was bad in your life. I'm already preaching, y'all. But God has something to say. Are you ready for the word? Ooh, I'm in the right room today. I can sense it. Numbers chapter 21, verses 4 through 9, and this is what God's word would say. Then they journeyed from Mount Or by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water and our soul loathes this worthless bread. And so the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people and they bit the people and many of the people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he might take the serpents from us. And so Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said, Moses, make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And, you shall be, and it shall be that every man who is bitten, when he looks at it, he shall live. I like that. And so Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole, and so it was. If a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. Flip over to John chapter 3, just three verses, and then we're going to preach a little bit. God's going to talk a little bit. John 3, 14 says this. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And one of the most famous scriptures in all of the book, come on, help me say it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I came for just a few minutes to preach today, to preach a message that the enemy doesn't want you to hear, but God desperately needs to get in your spirit. God told me to tell you that despite what you see and despite what's happening in the world, he said to let you know that the vaccine is in the venom. I'm going to say it again, let it get in your spirit. God told me to tell some people in Ormond Beach and New Smyrna Beach and Panama City. He told me to tell you that despite the bite, that the vaccine 
is in the venom and God is about to bring a cure. Come on, somebody in the land. If you believe it, slip up your hands. Let me pray and I'm a priest. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this people. I pray God anoint this moment. God, I pray open our ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to, to us today. In Jesus' mighty name, if you believe it, say amen. And as you're seated, just look at somebody say, the vaccine's in the venom. The vaccine is in the venom. It's in the venom. It's in the venom. It's in the venom. Undoubtedly, in this room, I can't look at you and act as if nothing hasn't changed. Over the last months or last weeks, certainly our world, our city, our county, our families has endured great change. Somebody say amen. Change that is unprecedented. Change that we have no reference point for. All of us are going through traumatic change, whether it be the virus or the division or the issues of our society. No matter where we are or where we've been, we are sitting in the midst of unprecedented change. Change that has created anxiety. It has created depression. It has caused the people of God and people in general to go places they never wanted to go and think ways that they never wanted to think. But perhaps aside from getting the virus itself, perhaps the greatest anxiety that has come upon us, the greatest plague that has come upon us in this season isn't just the virus itself, but maybe it's the delay that has been caused. Undoubtedly in this room, all of us on some level have experienced delay. We have been delayed, delayed in our plans, delayed in the what we were going to do in our future, delayed in simple things like vacations, delayed in what we thought we were gonna do with our lives, delayed in the business we were gonna start, delayed, we've experienced delay. And the, the, the problem with delay is, is that if you live in delay long enough, delay breeds discouragement. Oh, come on, talk to me in this room. The one problem with delay is that it will eventually lead you into discouragement. And discouragement is a nasty place to live. Talk to me. There is no greater devil in hell than the one that breeds discouragement. Discouragement will keep you out of God's plans. It will keep you out of God's future for your life. Discouragement will keep you out of faith. Oh, talk to me in this room. I said discouragement will keep you out of faith. Uh, it'll get you out of the posture to believe that anything and all things are possible. Discouragement is a terrible place, uh, but delay has a way, if you entertain it long enough, that it will lead you down an emotional path that could be a deterrent to your destiny. The greatest thanks to this virus is that we have bought into the idea that perhaps this is the way it's got to be forever. Perhaps there is no future like we once knew. Perhaps there is no freedom like we once knew. Perhaps this is the way it's going to have to be for, my, for me and my family and my children. And it's a dangerous place when you wander emotionally down this road of delay and discouragement. It's a dangerous place to live. Can I help somebody in this room? But can I tell you that the end of 2020 doesn't have to be like the beginning of 2020? Can I tell you that even though, oh hallelujah, we might be on a delay that there is a very there's a very different definition of a detour between the enemy and God the delay might equal a detour and the enemy wants you to think that this is the way it will be forever to saddle up and live like this forever put your dreams on hold put God's vision for your life on hold put everything he promised you on hold that's the enemy's definition of a detour but if I grabbed my phone today and I was driving and I hit a detour do you realize that no matter if I get the detour the wheels don't stop moving forward Oh, come on. I said, if you got your phone, no matter if, I, if it takes me a different route, if my route is delayed, I still have to look at the progress my wheels make. Never once on the GPS does it tell me to stop and back up. And the same is true prophetically for you, that this is not the season to back up. I feel like preaching. This is not the season to back down. This is not the season to give up. This is not the season to quit. This is the season to know that we don't serve some God. We serve the God that always causes us to triumph and 2020 might have not have started like you wanted to but guess what baby we still got five months left to see the power and the glory of the Lord manifest on our behalf somebody give him praise if you know victory is on the way 
Oh, I said victory's on the way. I said victory is on the way. I can't sleep at night without knowing we're on the cusp of victory. We're about to win. Do you not know God has never lost? God has never lost. He's an undefeated God. I wonder if there's any believers that can rub it in the devil's face and let him know that we are about to be victorious despite the delay. You do know that how you handle the delay will determine your success in this season. The emotions you have with the delay and the detour will determine what you get out of this season. Talk to me, somebody. Pastor Josh, why would you take your introduction to talk about delay and discouragement and the detours? Because ladies and gentlemen, this is the backdrop of my text. A group of people who are going towards a promised land. They are heading towards destiny. Yet in the middle of going towards destiny, they are hit with a dilemma that they weren't prepared for. See, there are some people in this room that have lived a little while that can testify that if you live long enough, there are some things that will come to your doorstep that you didn't have a kit for and a plan for. There are some things that will walk up to your doorstep that will, that will essentially take the rug out from right up under your feet and you didn't have a plan for it and you weren't prepared for it. My question to you is, what do you do when life hits you and you weren't prepared? How do you react when something hits your life that you have no reference point for? Talk to me, somebody. Do you run to God or do you run from God? What direction do you go? Where do your I'm preaching, but y'all let know, but that's all right. Do you where do you go emotionally? Where do you go with your emotions? Do you do you leave God or do you go to God? Are you running where where He is or you're running from where He is? I have a feeling in this room, though, I'm with some people today at New Smyrna Beach and at Panama City, and in this room today, I have a feeling I'm in, I'm with some people who say, no matter what, I'm not turning my back on Jesus. No matter what I face, He belongs to me and I belong to him I am his there are things that can hit your life that you weren't ready for and how you respond determines where you go next oh. how you respond to the trouble and the crisis in your life determines your success in the next season when by the way what do you do with delay what do you do when it doesn't go the way you thought it was going to go? This one in my notes. What do you do when your plans fail? I'm, I'm in it right now. What do you do when everything you had written out for yourself and all the plans you had made, when you look in the mirror and then you look in the future, nothing from what you saw uh, lines up with what you see and simply you have the choice, will I learn in trouble or will I quit? My fear is that there's a whole generation of churchgoers that when your plans fail, we simply give up on God, that we take the learning place and we turn it into a quitting place. Can I do this this morning? We turn it into a quitting place. We quit on church. We quit on God. We quit on discipleship. We don't go to small groups. We don't build relationships. We don't serve. Why? Because we thought it had to go this way. But if you read your Bible, baby, you have to understand that his ways are higher than all your ways. And his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And the truth is that if you just keep serving him, you'll get to where he's called you to be, delay or not. The children of Israel were walking towards destiny and promise when they got hit with something that they didn't have a reference point for. <laughs> that sounds familiar. Sounds like the, what we're in right now, no reference point. They got hit with something, and when they got hit with something, they let their emotions take them places it shouldn't have gone. Help me do it, Holy Ghost. They let their emotions turn them into people that they really weren't. I know that the enemy has succeeded on some levels in this season. How do you know that, Pastor Josh? He's succeeding in getting the children of God to fight the wrong fights. 
He has got us to stoop down, and he has got us to fight the wrong fights. How do you know that? Because he's gotten us to fight with each other. We have forfeited, help me do it, Holy Ghost, we have forfeited the authority given to us by being seated in heavenly places. We have given up our seat in heavenly places for pedestals and soapboxes and opinions and the enemy has won on some level because he's gotten us to fight each other instead of warring against principalities and powers. But I have a feeling in this room that I walked up in a house with some people who said, I'm going to fight the right fight, and I'm going to fight right. And by the time I'm done, I'm not going to talk to anything, but I'm going to get up in my position in God, and I'm going to start speaking over diseases. Do you not know that if we get up there, we can tell the coronavirus to leave? If we get up there, you can tell all oh, every demon and devil you got to go I came to tell somebody be seated but sit in the right seat while you're doing it am I helping anybody their emotions started taking them to places they should never be living started getting all emotional and in their feelings in a way that we should never be as believers those that trust God, they got emotional. They got emotional. How do you know that? Watch this. If you don't guard your emotions, watch out because frustration will take hold. No, 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 no. Don't miss that because frustration is a crazy thing. I know it doesn't get the press. I feel, I feel the anointing. I know it doesn't get the press that anger gets and sadness gets and depression gets and anxiety gets. But the truth is you didn't feel any other negative emotion until you first felt frustration. You do realize that frustration is the culprit of all your negative emotions. You don't just get angry. Wouldn't that be weird? If just out of nowhere, you're just angry. You don't just get sad. You get frustrated. And if you don't manage the frustration, oh, come on, somebody. I feel like I'm in it. I feel like I'm talking to somebody. If you don't manage the frustration, the frustration will breed emotions that will take you out of the will of God for your life. How do you know that, Pastor Josh? Because they got frustrated, and their frustration started breeding emotion that really wasn't them. And before they knew it, uh, what's in the heart got manifested through the mouth. And the Bible says that the same people who were following God and following Moses because of this emotional displacement started complaining. I always know you're heading the wrong direction in your emotions when the only thing you can do when you open up your mouth is complain. Always quiet. Maybe they're amening me in New Smyrna Beach or Panama City. I know you're in a dangerous place when the only thing you can do when you speak is complain and murmur about everything. Have you ever met somebody that's all they did was complain? Lord, some of the most draining people in the world are complaining people. Stuck in what was, complaining about this, they did this, they didn't do that, they can have that, they didn't do this. Murmuring people, complaining people, but in 2020, I don't have time. In 2020, I don't have time to hang around complaining people. The crisis is too big. The stakes are too large for me to get around people that just want to complain about the problem. Get me around some people in 2020 that don't want to complain. They want to solve it. They want to fix it. They want to get better through it. Give me some people in 2020 who don't want to complain. They want to move into faith because faith will find a way. Somebody ought to give God some praise if you're faith person in this room. Oh, in 2020, I ain't going to hang around you. If you want to complain, go complain somewhere else. If you want to go post complain, don't worry. I ain't going to follow you. Don't worry about it. I got to get around some people that are faith people because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. If I want to see what I've never seen, you'll never see it through complaining. You see it when you work by faith and not by sight. 
complaining and murmuring against God and against leadership, against God and against leadership. Let me just say two things you don't want to be caught complaining about is God and leadership. Two things you don't want to get caught complaining about is God himself and the people God put in place. No, that's too deep for some of y'all. That's too deep for some of y'all. If you want the blessing of the Lord on your life, if you want favor in your life, favor doesn't come through complaining. It comes through submission. It comes through honor, even if you like it or not. In fact, can I go real deep? You don't even know if you're submitted or not until you disagree. That was a word. Thank you, Pastor Josh. That's going to help me on Tuesday and Thursday. You don't even know if you're submitted or if you're an honoring person until you disagree with what somebody did who's over you. It's only then you figure out if I'm really submitted because the blessing of the Lord, oh, hallelujah, comes on people who choose to go with what God said even when you don't understand why God is saying it. Oh, I'm preaching in here this morning, y'all. These men and women heading to a promise, caught by delay, ending in discouragement, bred the frustration, and now, watch this, they have walked themselves out, complained themselves out, critiqued themselves right out of the will of God for their lives. Be careful. If you don't get it in check, you'll end up in places you never wanted to be. And there's a lot of places I don't want to be, but Lord, never let me be outside of your will. How do you know that they got outside of the will of God, Pastor Josh? Because the Bible says that after all the complaining and the murmuring against God and Moses, that God sent fiery serpents. Now, for all my judgment people, before you go, get them, Lord. Before all you wrath people go, yes. Please know that the word sent there doesn't mean that he pushed the serpents too. Sent there means that he loosed the serpents. Watch this, which means that all along the way, God had been holding the serpents back. Oh, get it, get it, get it in this room. All the entire journey, he had been holding the serpents back. Serpents that were eager to bite and inflict and put the venom in the people. But every time they got ready to do it, God held the serpent back. And let me just take a second right here and thank God for everything he held back while I was walking with him. That might not make everybody shout, but there are some people in this room that you ought to thank God for every time he kept the devil out of your world. Every time he kept the snakes away from you, they wanted to kill you. They wanted to bite you, but they couldn't because every time they went to strike, God strangled the serpent on your behalf. Oh, I feel like preaching. Is there anybody that can give God some praise in this room for about 30 seconds for every time he strangled that snake that came to bring disease, that came to bring pain, that came to bring an issue? Somebody give him glory. Oh, come on, take 20 more seconds uh, and thank God for every snake he strangled. Thank God for every serpent he strangled. Uh, that disease didn't get to you. That problem didn't get to you. It didn't happen for your kids. Why? Because God grabbed the snake before the snake got to you. If you want to know why I get rowdy, why I jump a little bit, why I dance a little bit, it's because I want to let the serpent know. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I want to let the serpent know that you tried, but God didn't let you get to me. And so I'm going to praise God right in front of you to let you know that no weapon formed against me shall, shall be able to prosper. And if God be for me, what can be against us? Somebody give him praise right now. Glory to God. Glory to God. 
See, 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 I love the praise when we praise God, Natasha. We praise God for what we know and what we saw him protect us from. But there were some things he kept from us that we didn't even see. And let me tell you where the grown-up praise is. Let me tell you where the mature worship is. It's when you can come in this room and lose your mind in worship and say, God, I don't even know what you protected me from. I don't even know what snake was after me this week. But it didn't get me. And it didn't hit me. And it didn't bite me. So here's my praise just to say thank you, Lord. Come on, NSB. Come on, Panama City. Somebody give God some praise just to make the devil mad in this room. I feel some breaking in this room. I feel an anointing in this room. I feel like there are some delivered people who are grateful that no weapon formed against you prospered. This is your season to celebrate that the serpent didn't get to you. Oh, I, I, I feel, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's about to get rowdy in here. All of our first time guests, I'm sorry. I apologize. At NSB, we apologize. But let me just say, when we start thinking about God and we start thinking about who he is and what he's done and what he's held back and what he's released, it makes our feet go to dancing. It makes our hands get lifted and we give God a shout. Somebody, one last time, shout if you're thankful. the serpents they had gotten so far out of the will of God that God had no choice but to let the, but to loose the serpents isn't it amazing what can't get to you as long as you're in him in him we live and move and have our being there are some things that as long as you stay in him that will never get to you. Can I, oh. There's an anointing in this room, y'all. Can, can I flip it, though? It's amazing what can get to you when you're outside of where he is. Take that as a prophetic warning. Isn't it amazing that the only time you feel the pain and the weight and the burden all those things come to you to tell you you've gone too far. And despite what I just told you, God loosed the serpents and the serpents went on a rampage. Serpents biting the people, killing the people. Can I tell, can I tell you this? There are still serpents on the loose. There are still serpents on the loose. Serpents designed to bite your joy, to bite your peace. Serpents sent to take your, to take your thought life, to bring you, to inject the venom of oh, lust, to inject the venom of wrong thinking, and all they need is a... Because some of you think that the enemy does this big, long thing to get you to fall. But let me tell you how a serpent really works. And if you're wondering what I'm talking about, I'm talking about demonic influence. Can, can I go deep? Because not every demon that comes, comes to possess you. Why would I possess you if I know I can just influence you? I don't need to take, is this all right today? I don't need to take you over if I can just get you through one bite to do what I need you to do. I know this is old school preaching, but let me do it. That's why you have to watch what you watch. Hallelujah. You have to watch what you watch. Why? Because it's that quick. Oh. You, you got to watch what you listen to, watch what you entertain, watch the radio stuff you got on. Be careful, be careful, because that serpent's coming, and he's not coming to do something real big. He's going to slide in. He's going to get close. and That's why as believers, moms and dads, you got to govern what your children see. 
I grew up in a household where if it wasn't of God, my dad would go to the door, open the door, and command it to leave. He said, you don't have no business in my house. You don't have no business in my family. I know it came on the TV, but you ain't staying in this house. See, moms and dads, you got to start getting real bold for your kids and saying, that's for me in my house. We're going to serve the Lord, and there ain't no room for serpents up in my house. That quicks, that quicks, oh, y'all are talking, that quicks, before you know it, if you're not careful, if he gets the venom in, that's why some of us will go six months, uh, and there'll be, we'll end up at six months and go, how did I get here? Why am I thinking like that? Is this too deep? Don't, don't, don't blame, don't blame the church, don't blame people, don't blame your boss, don't blame your family. It was a serps serpent on the loose but you know what I declare I feel a fight coming on me you know what I declare I declare that in July, starting July 19th, 2020, we will no longer entertain the serpents. Uh, I declare in 2020, I'm going to say it like this, die, devil, die. I declare in 2020, we're going to find that devil and find those serpents, and we're going to take our authority, and we're going to put it on the head of that serpent, and we're going to say not another day, not another month, not another week. Die, devil, die. Die, depression, die. Die, anxiety, die. You are no longer a friend. I'm not dropping to your level. I'm not living where you are. Not another day. Some mama in this room needs to say not another day of rebellion. Not another day of unsaved children. Somebody there's not another day of cancer. Not another day. Oh, I know it's bold. I know it's, it's almost crazy. But every once in a while, you got to get mad at that serpent that's been doing so much damage to you while you out there trying to make progress in God. Die, devil, die. Am I helping anybody? Serpents on the loose. Serpents trying to bite. Watch this, trying to kill you. Let me help you. The wages of sin is death. Don't get mad at me. That's the book. I, it never changed. And I know in this new part of church, we don't preach on sin a whole lot anymore. But the truth is, the wages of sin is death. The enemy would love to do anything in his power in this season to let you die unfulfilled. To make you die without ever getting to destiny. And they started getting bit and they started dying. And all of a sudden, when the trouble hit, truth came out. <laughs> because what is it about trouble that it makes us tell the truth about ourselves? Listen to, the, listen to them in the text. They started getting hit, and they started dying, and the venom is running through their veins, all because they got discouraged, delayed, frustrated, emotions. All that is happening, and watch what, watch what they say. We have sinned. They got honest. Because what is it about trouble? It'll make you face the truth. If I don't say anything else, that right there, it will make you confront you. And they said, if we don't deal with the snakes. See, that's a 2020 prophetic word. If we don't deal with these snakes, these snakes are going to run all over God's people in 2020. They're going to run all over. But the devil is a liar. I came to serve notice on every snake that God has an answer. God has a cure. And it's about to happen on all God's people's behalf for God's kingdom. There's about to be a cure release. And they said, Moses, we are dying. Can you pray for us? I read that and laughed. Because the same Moses they were complaining about, the, the same leader they were murmuring about, is the same leader they went to because they knew he could touch God. 
That's why you got to stay consistent in your life. Y'all ain't saying nothing. That's why you can't go too far left, and you can't go too far right. You can't fight all the wrong battles. Why? Because if you'll just stay consistent, one day they'll sing Hosanna, the next day they'll say crucify, but you just stay right there in the middle like Jesus, and if you be lifted up, oh, hallelujah, if you go through it, they will see you as an answer, an answer, an answer. They said, Moses, will you pray for us? And Moses did what every good leader does. I'm finishing. He says, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. I'll pray. Thank God for people that pray. I know you're growing up in your faith when you should be mad at them. But instead of being angry, you pray. Instead of posting back at them, you pray. Moses said, I'll pray. And Moses said, God, don't miss this, I'm done. God, we got an issue. Can you take away the serpents? God said, Moses, I'll take away the serpents. And when I read the text, I laughed again. God, what's the answer? How can we take a serpent away? He said, make one. I, I, don't, I don't think you heard me. I, I said, take them away, not add one. He said, the answer, make one. Make a snake for the people who are getting bit by snakes. But don't use a snake. Take a piece of brass and beat the brass into the image of a snake. Because what you're about to lift up is not a snake. It just is coming in the image of the snake so that those who are actually being bit by snakes can live. It reminded me of what Isaiah said, because Isaiah said it like this, but he was wounded. I got to beat the brass into the image of the thing that it is not so that it can do what it was called to do to bring what it was sent to call back into itself. But he was wounded. Come on, put it up there, guys. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Uh, he was bruised for our iniquities. Uh, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Uh, wait a second. It let me know that what God was saying is, if that the bitten would look at the beaten. Oh, I feel the anointing. That if the bitten would look at the beaten, that the beaten would heal the bitten. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Because isn't that what Jesus did? Jesus was, knew no sin. Paul said it like this. He who knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. Moses beat the brass until it becomes like the snake. It let me know that the same thing that brings the curse is the same thing that brings the blessing. The same thing that has come into your life at what looks like a curse is in the, hidden inside is the same thing that God's going to use to bless you. God, why would you use a snake a snake is a cursed thing. The first time we ever see the serpent in Scripture, he is coming down to deceive Eve. Slithering and bringing deception through the vehicle of suggestion. He didn't bite Eve physically. He bit her thinking. Because the greatest assault of any serpent is to attack your knowledge of God. If you want to know where this snake is, let me help you find it. Anything that makes you question the knowledge of God that you have, of, oh, that's where the serpent is. In other words, if you say, God, God said my body's healed, and then the next voice you hear is, your body ain't going to get healed. There's a snake. Anything that comes against the knowledge of God in your life, you just found the serpent in your life. God, why would you use it? I mean, the real thing you would probably, I thought God would use something holy against something evil. Talk to me. I thought God would use something right against something wrong. 
God, why would you use evil against evil until you realize that if you ever get bit by a snake, the anti-venom comes from the venom. Until you realize that every time they make a vaccine, the vaccine comes from the virus itself. You know, the law, the law tried to do it, but couldn't do it. When, when he gave them the law in the Old Testament, it tried to do it, but it couldn't do it. God had to take matters in his own hands. For what the law could not feel the anointing. For what the law could not do and that was weak to the flesh, God did it by sending his own son in the likeness. So there it is. There's the serpent on the pole. In the likeness of sinful flesh, on the account of sin, he condemns sin in the flesh. Now I get it when I hear the verse, what the enemy meant for evil. Oh, I feel like running. What the enemy meant for evil, God is about to turn it for your good. No matter what the evil is, somebody just got it. You just got it. You just got it. I came to tell somebody, no matter what you've been facing, no matter what you've been fighting, no matter what our country is going against, don't look too far. Don't look too deep. Don't wait on man because God always puts the vaccine inside the venom when he gets ready to bring a cure on your behalf. Somebody who's ready for God to turn it around. I dare you to take 15 seconds. Uh, open up your mouth. Uh, lift up your hands uh, and say, God, I'm ready. Uh, that what the enemy meant for evil. God, uh, you're turning it uh, for my good. Uh, I can feel it. Uh, I believe it. Uh, my faith is on it. You're changing it. I can sense it. Let me show you what I mean. I'm done, I promise. Is this all right? Can I finish this? Let me show you what I mean. David, you're about to fight Goliath. When Goliath comes down to the battlefield, he's got a sword in his hand. Oh, yeah, that sword is coming to kill you. But little did Goliath know that by the end of the fight, the same sword that was there to kill David is the one David picks up to behead Goliath because the vaccine is in the venom. Jonah... I'm about to send you to Nineveh. There are a bunch of disobedient people down there in Nineveh, but what was Jonah right before he got to Nineveh? He was a disobedient man. But I'm gonna take a disobedient man, put him in a well, cause him to repent so he can go preach to a bunch of disobedient people that they need to repent. Why? Because the vaccine is in the venom. Can I go deeper? Aaron, you are down there dancing naked around the calf, you're dancing naked. And while you're dancing naked, Moses and God are up on Mount Sinai having a conversation about you. And Moses is going, uh-oh, this is bad. And God said, don't worry about it. I'm making his priestly garment because even though his worship is false, his worship is right. And I know it ain't looking good now and he might be leading them in false worship, but one day he's gonna help people get behind the Holy of Holies. Oh, because the vaccine is in the venom. Peter, can I go deeper? Peter, you will deny me three times publicly and the enemy will see the venom and he will think he's got you. But while you're denying me, don't worry, I'm yanking the vaccine and the same guy that denied me publicly will stand on the stage at the day of Pentecost and preach publicly until 3,000 people get saved because the vaccine is in the venom. The Apostle Paul is the Saddam Hussein of his time. Terrorist. And the same man that carried letters to kill Christians has a Damascus Road experience. And that while the enemy thought he had venom, God said, you carry letters to kill Christians, but I'm going to get a vaccine out of your life. And you're going to be the same man that sends letters to Christians.
to build up their faith even today. Why? Because the vaccine is in the venom. I just gave you, with Jesus, six examples of how God makes the vaccine out of the venom. And you know what's preachers? We like numbers. I said, God, it'd be real great if I could find a seventh number of completion so I can finish the sermon. I said, God, where's the seventh? God said, when I came in here to preach, that I was supposed to let you know you're number seven. That all that stuff you fought, all that stuff that you've been through, the enemy wants you to feel the venom. He wants you to believe that it scarred you forever. He wants you to think that you can never be used. Let me tell you, you are not seeing your life correctly because the truth is, in the midst of all the pain, the hurt, the nights you cried yourself to sleep, the nights if you wondered if it was ever going to be better, let me tell you, God was making a vaccine out of your life. God was pulling out of your pain and your tears, and he was going to say at the right time, you are now a cure. You are now an answer because the vaccine is in the venom. Stand to your feet, everybody. The enemy didn't want you to hear this message today because he wants you to live your rest of, the rest of your life by the bite you endured a long time ago. He wants you to see yourself as your struggle and your pain. The world we are living in right now is waiting for a cure. And if you think they're only waiting for a cure to a virus that's natural, you've missed it. Your family, this city, your coworkers, they are looking for people who will see themselves as the cure. How do I know if I'm the cure, Pastor Josh? Don't miss this. How do I know if I'm the cure? Hear me, NSB, Panama City. If you survived, God got a vaccine out of you. If you survived the abuse, if you survived the, the divorce, if you survived the disease, if you survived the trouble and the rejection and the pain, if you survived it all, if you survived it, whatever you survived is what God got the vaccine out of. And you just wait. At the right time, God is going to take you, the answer, and he's going to inject you into somebody else's life. And you're going to let them find what you already found, is that God is a healer and that Jesus is a savior and that he is a deliverer. I wonder if there's anybody that can lift your hands for just a moment and testify that he is everything he's says he is. He is my healer. He's my savior. Come on, for somebody on your row wondering if God is going to use them. Come on, lift up your hands a little higher. Open up your mouth. Come on, Pastor John. I feel an anointing in this service. God's about to make somebody a cure. Somebody's about to be a cure. Can you just open up your mouth right now and say, God, make me an answer. Make me an answer. Make me an answer. Make me a cure. Make me a cure. Why? Because the venom is in the vaccine. Come on, NSB. Lift your hands. Come on, Panama City. Lift your hands. I feel the glory of the Lord in this room. The enemy doesn't want you to know it, but through this whole season, you are, you have been, and you are the cure. Come on, lift your hands. Come on, Pastor John, sing what's in your heart for just a moment. Come on, I feel the anointing. I'm about to release you. Come on, the vaccine's in the venom. Sing it again. 
Pastor, for eight years, we felt like we got hit by that snake of infertility. And we heard the whispers of the venom saying that we're just going to have to do life without a child. Can I, can I just be real? I want to show you what this really looks like in real life. We'll have to just do life without a kid. We have to give up on being a mom and a dad. But the vaccine is in the venom. And we never gave up on God. And we just kept looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher. And the text says as long as we would keep our eyes on Jesus and his word, we would live. And if we live, the promise in us lives. And little did we know, eight years after being seemingly bit, that God would not only give us the promise, but let me tell you the greater thing, and I prophesy this over you. Lift your hands. I prophesy this over you. I just heard the Lord tell me to say this. I don't know if I've ever done this. But all those nights you cried, and all those nights I heard you weep uncontrollably, God wanted me to tell you that he was making a vaccine out of your life. And God said he's going to use you for women that are going through infertility and trouble with kids. God said you will have the answer in your words. God said when you open up your mouth, there will be such an anointing that brings faith to believe again. God said don't think the tears went unnoticed. God said I used them. And God said, you are about to become an answer for women in the same situation. In Jesus' name, I declare it to be so. Whew. You're an answer. Pastor Anderson, get ready. NSB, Panama City, I declare you're an answer. If you're near somebody who's your family, I didn't do this in the first service, just reach over. If they're part of your family, if you're social distance, just reach your hand towards somebody. Put your hand on somebody's shoulder. And we're going to take the last 30 seconds of this service. And we're going to pray that God makes us an answer. In the season of healing, the apex is not just you being healed. Healing, healed, to becoming a healer to others. I pray that by the time we get to the end of this season in September, Pastor Anderson, that there'll be more souls saved, more bodies healed, more testimonies of healing across this county, this nation, from what happens in this room every single week. I declare every service in this season is a healing service on some level. You're an answer. Are you ready? And I want you to pray that over the person you're next to or the person you're standing. Pray that God makes them an answer. God, there's a revelation of what they're an answer to. Are you ready? Come on, take 30 seconds and do it now. Pray, pray, pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare over this people across every campus, Lord, those that are watching online today, God. Father, Lord, that you would make them an answer. Bring a revelation. Illuminate, God, the things they survived, God, the things now that you want to get glory from. And I pray, God, in this season of healing, thank you for healing us. But, God, thank you for making us an agent of healing to the people around us. God, that's our resolve leaving here today, that we are actively participating in your plan of healing for other people. Save souls, God. Bring people into your kingdom. In Jesus' name, somebody who believes it, shout amen. Come on, if you believe that God has made you an answer, I pray you don't forget this word, but the vaccine is always in the venom. Somebody who believes that give God the greatest praise you've given him all morning long. Thank you for joining us for today's message. You can continue to be a part of all that God is doing here at Calvary Christian Center. You can text to give at 386-866-3060, or you can give at calvaryfl.com give. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and also for you to share this podcast with your community, your family, and your friends. Again, thank you for joining us.